Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. This episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality, but at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only algae brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit Energy Bits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Hello, beautiful, and welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO, and founder of Inspire Her Health. So I'm very excited to announce that we have a special guest on today. Her name is Andrea Ruzakrans, and she is a 500-hour certified yoga teacher. She specializes in accessible yoga and yin yoga. So today's podcast is all around breaking through the stigma of yoga, that it has to be something that you can only do if you're young, flexible, and thin. She also goes into tips and tricks that you can do to make practicing yoga part of your self-care regimen and how you can overcome obstacles that may prevent you from even starting yoga or continuing your practice. We dive super deep. It's an awesome episode, and I look forward to you guys hearing it. Welcome, Andrea, to the show. I'm so excited to have you with us today. I know our listeners are in for a real treat. You are an absolute pleasure to listen to and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to self-care and yoga. So welcome. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. So I would love to start off by you telling our audience about your story and the struggle that you went through when you were younger with chronic pain and various physical ailments. Could you tell us more about your past and what led you to become a yoga instructor? Uh, Certainly. I, I started having knee pain when I was 16 and 
I'm 52 now and I'm actually in better shape now at 52 than I was when I was in my 30s or 40s. Um, turns out that some of my joints just aren't shaped or formed properly or they're not connected properly. So over the years, I, I've just had a lot of orthopedic issues. I've had 15 orthopedic surgeries on my feet and my knees and shoulders. And I have a lot of um, low back issues as well. So I was I was in a really bad place in my head and physically for about 20 years. <laughs> and then a friend said, hey, come to a yoga class with me. And I didn't want to go, but I went for her just to give her moral support so she would go. And from that one class, I absolutely fell in love. And I started going to more classes. And as I did that, I realized that I, I felt better physically and I was in a better place in my head as well. And, um, and so I just, it over about 10 years, I realized this is, this is so much of a better version of me than I used to be. So I went through yoga teacher training and I realized that, that if I can change, if I could go through chronic pain and all of those surgeries and come out better and stronger and more healthy on the other end, I want to share that with everybody that I can. Um, and I still have chronic pain and I still have issues, but now I know how to handle it. I know how to deal with it. And I've made friends with my chronic pain and it's okay. So before I was in a mindset of a, a victim mindset, right? Why me? This isn't fair. And now if my back hurts or my knees hurt, I know that I can get on my yoga mat and I can work it out and I'm going to go to bed feeling better at the end of that day. So I just, I've come through a lot and I want to share that with other people that you can break through whatever your limitations are and come out better on the other end of it. Wow. That's incredible. That is quite a journey that you've been through. You know, it's, it's so nice to hear your story and how yoga has impacted you and given some of the struggles that you went through, that you were able to utilize yoga as a form of therapy. So I want to ask you, I, I know, you know, yoga has really impacted your life and helped you manage your chronic pain and your other challenges. But do you really feel that the practice of yoga can be for everybody? Absolutely. And, and that's how I teach yoga. Um, because, I mean, I, I teach from my own personal experience, which is knowing that some yoga poses are not going to work in my body. And, and that's okay. Even as a teacher, I've, I've taught classes where I've said, okay, we're going to come into such and such a pose. And I personally won't be doing that pose because it hurts my back, but I'll talk you through it. And I teach people options. I teach people alternatives. There might be five different ways to do one yoga pose. And one of those five ways will work for you. And it might be different for the person on the mat next to you. So the beauty of yoga is that it, it meets you wherever you're at, anywhere on your journey, whether it's sitting in a chair or doing a power yoga class or even just sitting quietly in a corner and breathing and stretching for a few minutes. Yoga can be whatever you need it to be on any day. Yeah, yeah you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, like, I feel your message about yoga being accessible for everybody is so powerful because honestly, we're so inundated with photos and videos of women in their, you know, in amazing shape. And they're doing these crazy bendy poses and handstands and inversions. And honestly, like that's just not available for most of us. 
And the sad thing about it is I think it turns people off from even trying yoga in the first place because, you know, they just feel like they can't live up to, you know, the social media standards of what yoga looks like online. So what kind of advice can you give us about this distorted view of yoga in social media and other platforms? Well, and what you said is very, very true. And it's, it's, the way I look at it is the whole um, theory of supermodels. If you are in a store and you see a magazine cover with the supermodel on the front of it, that only represents one or 2% of the whole world population. It's not real and it's not realistic. So when you see photos on social media or in magazines of, of people doing crazy contortion pretzel poses, that's not what yoga really is. That's uh, it's just not a realistic picture of what yoga really is. You don't have to lean over and touch your toes to do yoga. Uh, you don't have to be able to even sit cross-legged on a floor to do yoga. There are so many different ways to adapt and modify and change poses so that they work for you. And um, that though, if the one message that I want to make sure that everybody understands is that yoga meets you anywhere that you're at in your life. And there's so many different ways to do different poses. And it's a matter of exploring and figuring out what works for your own body. It's very different for everyone. I could put 10 people in a line and I could talk them all through the exact same pose. And all 10 of those people are going to look and feel different in the same pose. So I get, we're all very unique. Um, our, the geometry and our, of our joints and our anatomy and our bone structure is all very, very different. So yoga's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all. We're all very unique and different. And that's the way I teach yoga is that I invite my students to tune in to what their own bodies feel like, to explore maybe five different versions of a pose, and then to pick the one that feels best for them. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like a supermodel on a magazine cover. So yoga is not about ego. When I literally tell people if they come into a classroom when I'm teaching in person, I say, take your ego and kick it out the door <laughs> because there's no place for ego on a yoga mat. And that's what social media promotes. It, they promote it's all about ego and it's all about looking perfect. And yoga is not about what a pose looks like. It's about what a pose feels like. It's about mm -hmm. what you feel in your own body and understanding that that's different for everybody. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Oh, it it's, totally it's a very, does. It's a very individual and unique experience for everyone. Yeah. 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 Amen. <laughs> you yeah, are so is, right. Like I say, there is no room for ego on a yoga mat. It, no, and you know, it's just not. No, and you just you know, even myself personally, like I've been in classes. And when I first started out yoga, my ego was really high and I would go to class and I would compare myself to the person next to me. And I'd be like, I can't bend like that. I'm not flexible like that. Right. I can't do, you know, the wheel pose. I can only do the bridge pose. And it was unfortunate because I look at it now and I, I've realized that all those years that I was practicing, I wasn't actually enjoying myself. I was I was in competition with exactly. people around me and, you know, and that's not what yoga is about. It is not a competitive sport. It's all about yourself, right? I actually I'm wrote a blog post about that called yoga is not a competitive sport. So yes, it's true. You're the only, you're not, you can't compare yourself to the person next to you because you don't know no. what their history is. You don't know what 
the person on the mat next to you. You don't know what their history is, what their strengths or limitations are. Um, I mean, I like to use like hip joints. There's a massive variety in the way that our hip joints are structured between men and women and between everybody in the population. So the way your hips are structured, the actual bone structure is going to dictate how far or how little you can go into a pose. So you, you can't fight against your own bone structure, right? It's no. just, you just make do with what your body gives you to work with. And I've learned that through my experiences is there are some poses that I look at them and I'll be like, I'm, I'm never gonna be able to do that pose. And it was really hard because I had to let go of that idea that as a yoga teacher, I should be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I just accepted my own physical limitations and I got comfortable with knowing that it was okay, then everything just got better. <laughs> does that make sense? Oh, it's totally everything. Does. I was able to just let that whole concept of, I have to be able to do it all. I let it go. And I think that made me a better teacher. And when, when I'm standing in front of 20 people teaching a class and I say, okay, you guys, I, I can't do this because my back hurts today, but it's okay. Even though I'm teaching, it's okay for me to say, I'm not doing this pose today then that gives everybody else in the classroom permission to say, Ooh, okay. My shoulder hurts. I don't have to do that pose today. Does does that make sense? It's like everybody has to tune into their own bodies and understand what feels good and what doesn't. Yeah. And you know, it's so amazing that you do that for your, for your class because you know, it, it takes down that guard. It gets rid of that ego. It gets rid of that competitive edge when they can see you showing your vulnerabilities. Right. And that's so important. People want to, you know, connect with people and know that they have vulnerabilities too. And especially if you're being elite in the leadership, you know, as being a, a yoga instructor, it really helps to shape your class so that people really start to, you know, honor their body, respect right. their body, where they're at and get rid of that judgment, get rid right. of that, you know, expectation that they have on themselves. So, right. That, Cause too many, and there's, there's something good about challenging yourself to try to improve. Maybe, maybe there's a really difficult pose and you want to work towards that at some point in the future. Absolutely. Go for mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, you need to tune in and say, okay, today, this doesn't feel good for me. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. yoga is really about tuning into your own body. And then in my case, once I started tuning into my body and accepting my limitations and being okay with my limitations, it helped me clear out my head as well. And yeah. there's such a deep connection in yoga between your physical body and your mindset and your emotional state. It's not, it's not just about moving on a yoga mat. It's about your mental health as well. It all yeah, ties that, in together. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's a huge one. And, you know, I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper into the mindset around yoga. And, you know, because a lot of a lot of us out there, you know, we we look at yoga as being just a form of exercise or purely just movement on the mat. But we don't right. understand that there is so much more. There's a deeper level to yoga that connects us, you know, connects our mind and our our body and our spirit. And if you can let us know a little bit more about that, I think, honestly, I think the listeners would love to hear because, you know, that's also going to shape their yoga practice if they're already practicing. Exactly. Um, There are, yoga comes from 
it evolved over a couple of thousand years ago. And there are what are called or considered to be eight limbs of yoga. And actually moving on a yoga mat, the physical exercise part of it is only one of the eight limbs. So there are seven other things. And one of them is breath. And one of them is meditation. And one of them is connecting with whatever you believe to be that's bigger than you are. Okay. That Mm -hmm. can be a religion or connecting with just this big old universe we live in. Um, and the beautiful thing is that it's different for everybody. It's not a religion. It's, it's just connecting with yourself and with people who enjoy the same thing. So mindset is huge and breathing is huge. Um, and that's what I do a lot. Um, I've done a lot of breath work during this whole COVID-19 thing. A lot of people are feeling a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Breath, just breath is one of those limbs. And the really cool thing is that there are breathing techniques that have been around for several thousand years that meta- modern medical science has recently proven how they work, like the actual pathway in our bodies that work. Certain breathing techniques can literally flip the switch in your nervous system from the stress response, the fight or flight response, can take that and dial it down and put your nervous system into the relaxing rest and digest system just by different breathing techniques. That's part of yoga also. That's amazing. So I've I've told people who are stressed out a lot, I've said, maybe today, maybe your yoga is literally just sitting in a quiet room and breathing for five minutes. Maybe that's all you've got to do today. That's your yoga. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because then that ties into your nervous system, which ties into your mindset. If you can reduce that stress and that anxiety, then you're going to be in a better mindset. Does that make sense? It's, it's, oh, it's totally. Does. Everything is tied in. So yoga, the actual word in Sanskrit means yoke. And it doesn't mean egg yoke. It means a <laughs> yoke, right? A yoke that would, uh, you think of a yoke, right? A plow with an ox pulling yeah. it out, right? The yoke is what holds them together. It's what weaves those two things together. So yoga literally means the combination or the, the weaving together of spirit, mind, and body. It's all connected. You can't split one out from the other. Yeah. So most people do think of yoga as the, the exercise, the physical part of it. Um, but there's also breathing techniques that affect your nervous system. And like in my case, once I started learning more about my body and working around my orthopedic issues, I got out of that victim mindset. I came out of that mindset of it's not fair. I can't do this. I was, I was very much a person who thought that the glass was half empty instead of half full. You've heard mm-hmm. that saying before, right? It was, yeah. I really focused on the negatives. And through yoga, I've learned that I've, I'm focusing on the positives now. I'm a better person. And because of that mental health that came with it, that was unintended, honestly. I didn't even know the connection. Um, now I have a better mindset, a more positive outlook. It's affected my relationships with other people, with my family and my friends. Because instead of sitting there getting down on myself, I am so much better in my head. And now I can turn that around and help other people. So I have so much more positive energy. And it's just, it's amazing how the mindset and the yoga have come together. And one more really important thing about mindset that I have to say that ties into yoga is that self-care is essential. It's vital. 
and self yoga is my form of self care. It might be different from somebody else, but if you don't take the time to take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. Think of the analogy of the safety information when you get on an airplane. If your oxygen masks drop, you put your own mask on first before helping others. Mm-hmm. The same goes with self-care. Yeah. So you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people and help other people. And yoga is that for me. And I would hope that it would be that for other people as well. Right. So I give everybody permission right here, right now, who's listening to this to take care of yourself. Carve out time in your day, carve out time to take care of yourself and make that a priority because most people don't. We're rushed. We run around all day long. We work. We take care of everybody else in the house and the pets. We don't take time to take care of ourselves. So everybody take a few minutes and take care of yourself, whatever that might be for you. That's so important. And, you know, you know, especially given the times that we're going through right now with, you know, the COVID-19 and we're all at home and, you know, people who have kids are, are home with their kids and they're homeschooling their children. And we've got so much on our plate, even though we're, we may not be going to work, but we are, you know, we're at home and we're taking care of the household and the children and everything. And, you know, I, I really feel that, during a time like this where, you know, stress is high, self-care has to be something, you know, it's a non-negotiable that should be in everybody's wheelhouse every single day, if they can make it happen. Um, It is. And, you know, going back to the mindset about yoga and how you said that transformed your relationships and your whole life, you know, I heard this saying once and it said, if you, practice yoga every day for a year, it will literally transform your life. And that's exactly, it sounds like to me what it did for you. Like it, it, and you know, it's so, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest reason and biggest takeaway I want, I want the audience to know after they listen to this is no matter where you're at in your life, what you're doing, you know, yoga is something that not only will help your physical body, but it'll help your mental state as well. And if you're one of those people that wants to, you know, dive into spirituality or or you've already been there, you know, it helps that too. So it's that, that, that whole trifecta that comes together when you, when you make that a priority and make it part of your life for sure. Right. It's spirit, mind, and body. And that's, that's what yoga actually means. And it's different for everyone. For some Mm -hmm. people, it may just be the physical movement on a yoga mat, the exercise part of it. And that's great. That's for that person. That's great for other people. I know people who practice yoga and their version of yoga is just doing some stretches and it's a lot of meditation. Mm -hmm. And that that's what works for those people. Everybody it's kind of like ordering off an a la carte menu. You can pick and choose which parts of yoga work best for you. Yeah. And it can change from day to day and from Mm -hmm. season to season. Lately, I've been doing a lot more yin yoga, which is a lot more grounding, um, stretching and breath work instead of more, you know, powerful sweaty yoga, because that's what I feel like I need right now during this stay at home time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in the summer when I have more energy and hopefully the COVID um, thing gets more under control, I might be doing more like power yoga because it feels better for me. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about it is that it meets you wherever you're at. It can change from day to day and you can just kind of pick and choose which parts of yoga you want to work with. And that's so amazing. And it's different for everybody. 
we all have different moods every day, right? I wake up in a different mood every day, which means that I need something different for my own self-care every day. And the mm-hmm. beauty of yoga is that it it takes all of that into account. It's yeah. one of the only forms of exercise that actually really does cover all of the bases. You know, it really does. Because you look at you look at other forms of exercises, you know, giving it cardio on, on machines or weightlifting and, and things like that. And you are only kind of pigeonholed into one style majority of the time. But yoga is so, like, you know, just listening to you and, and understanding how diverse yoga really is. Like, you know, it, it really, it really solidifies what your whole message is that yes, yoga is for everybody. Because you know, yin, like you're explaining with your yin yoga, like yin yoga is about stretching and breath work and really coming into the body. You know, that's, that could be accessible for somebody that has chronic pain, has back problems, have injuries, that sort of thing as well. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and I have like a, quite an attachment to yoga because I had an injury on my knee myself and it, you know, if it wasn't for yoga, I don't think I would have recovered the same. And it was, it wasn't actually the physical exercise of yoga, but it was doing the stretches to yes. allow uh, my body to be able to come flexible again. Like I, you know, I really had limited range of motion in my knee and it wasn't until I started doing yoga regularly that I was able to get that range of motion back in. So like it really can have such an impact on your life, yes. given and any situation. Yes. And yoga is not just about flexibility. There's a lot more to it. That it's not just about getting more flexible. Most people think of it that way, but it's also about being stable and stability. So I like to say that yoga is a 50-50 of flexibility and stability. If, if mm-hmm. you're super flexible, it means that your joints won't be stable. So there's a, it's a polarity, right? Yin, yang. Um, there's, there's being flexible, but there's also being stable and strong at the same time. And it puts both of those together. I think about weightlifters who are super muscular, but they can't barely lean over because their (laughs) muscles are so tense, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a reason that professional sports teams are bringing yoga into their training programs Mm -hmm. because it covers everything. It covers balance. It covers flexibility and strength and stability and proprioception, body awareness of where your body is in space. Um, and again, the whole mindset thing. So it pretty much wraps everything up into one beautiful package. Yes. And it is so beautiful. <laughs> it really does. It's accessible maybe for your knee injury. So many yoga poses you can do sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. I did a chair. I took a chair yoga class last weekend thinking that I might be a little bit bored and that it would be really easy. And it was... <laughs> It's actually an amazing class. And I worked hard. I worked up a sweat doing this chair yoga class. So it's it's great if somebody has maybe an injury and they can't get up and down off the mat, there's ways to change it so -hmm. that it will work for your body. As a teacher, my goal is to empower my students to figure out what works in their body. And that's, that's the sweet of it, right? Th- that is so refreshing to hear. You know, um, and also like your classes are so unique in so many different ways. And you touched base on, you know, the fact that you make your yoga classes accessible for everybody. You take away that stigma, you take away that ego. 
But there's also another element to your class that kind of makes it more fun and playful. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I I love having an interactive class. I love people communicating with each other, not in a way that's disruptive, but um, for example, I've I've taught a private small group class for quite a while, and it is all for women who are 50 and over. My oldest student is 75, and she's amazing. I want to be just like her when I grow up. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's a, it's a group of four women, and we come together when we can meet in person every week. And it's also a social connection, and we get to check up on each other and how everybody's doing. And we laugh, and um, it, it's just a really great social connection. It's a community. It's my little tribe. Um, and so it's really great. It, it's a, I really get love getting to know my students on a personal level. And I can say, hey, how is your dog doing or what's growing in your garden today? So it's not about a really impersonal experience where I'm in the front of the classroom and everybody's over there doing exactly what I tell them to. I like an interaction. I like getting to know people and having conversation. So I love that. Yeah. Love and that. And it helps me. It helps me to teach them better too. Mm-hmm. It helps me to know where they're coming from. Yeah. So that I can get, then give them options or alternatives. Yeah. Keeping that dialogue open and keeping that trust and openness in the class is so important because, you know, I think a lot of people can also be embarrassed if they have limitations. But if you take away those, you know, break down the wall and just have those icebreakers where you're kind of like, okay, you know what? Here I am. Ask me anything. This is an open class then it allows people to really explore their bodies a lot more, right? And really enjoy the class because they're not so stuck on, you know, you're doing the pose at the front, they having to to follow along exactly the way that you do it. So I honestly- I like like to take the stereotype of yoga and just knock it out the door. I love it. There is a stereotype (laughs) and None of us are perfect. None of mm-hmm. us are. I've, mm-hmm. I've been in a yoga class where when, when my low back was really flaring up, I, I actually couldn't feel my right foot for a while. And um, I could move it and it was fine. I just couldn't feel the floor under my foot. And so we would do balance poses. And I would tell the class, hang on just a second. I'm going to go stand at the wall so I don't fall over on my face. Okay, now let's continue the class. And it just showed my students that, you know, I'm, I'm real. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have my own limitations and it's okay. I'm still up here teaching the class and you're all still here doing the class with me. And that's fine. It's okay to not be perfect. Yeah, Yeah. that is so, so important. So in your opinion, like, you know, I've, I've heard this lots from, from other women and friends of mine and family members where they start a yoga class, they start a yoga practice and it may not be going the way they like, or, you know, they're kind of getting into the ego state um, and then they, they give up. So what can kind of tips can you give our listeners, the ones that are, that may have not done yoga or haven't done it for a while and are starting a new practice again to help them overcome this failure? It's, it's hard to be consistent to come to your mat every day. Um, it, it really is. And, you know, every, all yoga teachers are different. Um, I will say I, I, even as a teacher, I have a few teachers that I go to their classes regularly because I love being a student in their classes. There are also other yoga teachers that I just don't resonate with. I just don't, 
there's something that just doesn't work. So for yoga, I would suggest trying, trying, shopping around, really trying to find a teacher that you feel a connection with. And, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to try a yoga class and maybe say, eh, that just, that wasn't for me or that mm-hmm. I just didn't feel a vibe, a good vibe from that teacher. That's okay. Shop around. And just maybe I am a very visual person. <laughs> so I have a little spreadsheet and I track it. And every day I just write down what I did. And then as far as breath work or meditation or yoga or Maybe someday I don't do yoga, but I go for a long hike. That was my exercise for the day. I like a visual tracker, a little checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that self-care, if you if you keep at it, don't give in and give yourself some slack. There might be days where you wake up and you are just not feeling it. Okay, So in that case, maybe just do 10 minutes of stretches when you go to bed that night. And that can be your yoga for that day. Mm-hmm. And it's good enough. It's good enough for you on that day. You know, a lot of people get really um, adding stress when they didn't do something. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I'm going to work out for 30 days in a row. And then if they miss a day or skip a day, they get down on themselves. Mm -hmm. And, And again, that's part of the ego. Take it out. Just say, you know what? That day didn't work. Tomorrow's a fresh start. And let's start do something over. tomorrow. Um, but yeah, just consistency. There are a lot of great yoga classes online where there's like a monthly plan. So you can just check off and you know, watch a video every day for 30 days in a row. Um, there's a lot of ways to just get consistency. And I guarantee that once you start getting consistent with practicing yoga, you're going to want more. It becomes it just becomes part of your day. Like I feel weird if I go to bed at night and I didn't do something that mm-hmm. day, maybe it's, I did this last night. I did yin yoga poses, stretching out, watching a TV show. So that was my yoga last night. I just did really wonderful stretches. Um, that can be it for a day. So I like to hack yoga into every day. I stretch when I'm brushing my teeth. Um, do you? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. My husband has taken some interesting photos of me. I'll be sitting there and I'll be brushing my teeth and I've got my leg propped up on the counter and my husband will be laughing and I'll be like, what? And he's like, do you, do you see what you're doing right now? Oh, I love it. <laughs> right? That is so well, awesome. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in a balancing pose on one leg while I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner. <laughs> um, so, you know, you don't have to come to a yoga mat for an hour every day. It doesn't have to be a big deal like that. It would be mm-hmm. great if everybody did, but you can hack yoga into everyday life. You can stretch or work on a balance pose while you're standing in line at the grocery store, right? You can stretch while you're brushing your teeth. You can uh, do a little bit of standing core work while you're in the kitchen waiting for something to cook on the stove. So you can hack yoga into, into your daily life. It doesn't have to be an hour on a yoga mat every day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that is, you know, that's such a powerful message because so many of us think that if, if we didn't actually roll our mats out and, right. you know, go to a class or even put on a YouTube video of someone doing mm-hmm. yoga and spending that 30 to 60 minutes doing mm-hmm. a full class, then we didn't actually do the yoga practice for the day. But right. I love what you said about just trying to find 
just in your regular everyday practice of doing things around the house or wherever you're at, right. try to see if you can incorporate some sort of yoga. That is some sort of yoga. That's amazing. You Definitely. know, and that is, that is something so powerful for people to, to implement because right. I think it also gets rid of that. Well, I didn't do my class today and I'm a failure. So I'm not even going to continue on because, you know, I always, I always right. give up. Right. And that just, it makes it more of a, a, a um, not so much structured, but something that is just part of your everyday life. Exactly. I think a lot of times, and I do this as well, we set an expectation for ourselves. And then if we don't meet it, it's deflating. Mm-hmm. It's a failure. Like, do you know how many people don't do finish their New Year's resolutions? Oh, um, it's staggering. Because, right? Because <laughs> you set too high of a goal mm-hmm. and then you do it for two weeks and then you burn out and you're done. And then you think, oh, I didn't meet my goal, yeah. right? So what I did for this New Year's resolution, and I don't, I'm not big on resolutions, but this year I told myself that I wasn't going to set a specific goal. I wasn't going to lose a certain amount of weight or hike a certain amount of miles or do a certain amount of minutes on my yoga mat. My goal for this year, for 2020, was to tell myself every single day, three words, I am enough. That was my mantra. That's my New Year's resolution Yes. for this year is to tell myself that every single day I'm enough just the way I am. And um, it's really been liberating and really enlightening to me to, to just kind of every day. And I wrote it on my bathroom mirror. I am enough. And um, it can be something really simple like that. It can be five minutes of stretching while you're watching TV. It can be an hour and a half power yoga class, Mm -hmm. right? It can be Mm -hmm. whatever you need it to be on any day. Definitely. Yeah. Because too many times we set too high of an expectation. And then when we don't need it, it doesn't turn out well. Not to say that you can't challenge yourself and set goals. Absolutely. Do set goals for yourself Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But, but do it in a realistic way. Yeah. And be kind to yourself when you do it, you know, allow yourself to have those failures. And, and if you do big deal, you know what? Life, like you said, is life isn't perfect. Yoga isn't perfect. So we're not perfect. And, 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 you know, even doing a mantra like you're doing or affirmation is so powerful. And it's, it's, I love hearing you say that you have it on your mirror in your bathroom, because I have like three of them on my mirror in my bathroom. And, you know, I say these to myself, every day when I'm brushing my teeth and, and I can agree with you, it has made a huge difference. Like I know a lot of people think, Oh, affirmations or mantras are kind of silly. Like I'm just talking to myself and I may be saying something I don't truly believe yet, but the power of repetition, the power of doing something, saying something over and over again in the brain hardwires that brain so that you can actually physically and emotionally feel it and start to believe it. And that's so powerful. So powerful. And it, and that's true. And that gets into like, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the whole neurology, it, it actually does create those pathways in your brain. So amazing. You're so right. And it, it can seem silly. Yeah. It's like three words, three words. I know. It can seem silly. I mean, I mean, my hubby makes fun of me because I've got all this stuff written on the mirror and he's like, do you actually say that to yourself? Yes, I do. And I love saying it. Like, it's great. Yep. So 
Anyways, I wanted to just end today, and I'm so glad to have you on our show. But I do have one last question for you, and um, okay, I want to ask you before we go if, if you could give our audience one tip that would help inspire them to live a healthier, happier life. What would that be? I would have to say, relating to yoga, that. Um, two things. Yoga is about self-care. It's about taking your taking care of yourself. And also understand that yoga is not one size fits all. We as human beings are not one size fits all. So there is some type, some form of yoga out there that works for everyone. And it can be anything that you need it to be on any given day. It doesn't have to be really structured. It can be whatever you need it to be, whatever you need on any given day. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure having you, Andrea. Your message about yoga being for everybody and just getting rid of that stigma around it, having to be perfect, is so refreshing. And I am so happy that you're spreading this message. Women need to hear this. So thank you for doing that. So where would our listeners go to connect with you, uh, find your classes, your services? How can I help our listeners find you after this show? Certainly, um, I have a free Facebook group where I just put little tidbits and mindset ideas and short little videos on. Um, I'm on Instagram. The best place to find all of those resources is on my website, which is yogaforrealpeople.com. And by real people, I mean, everyday people, you and mm-hmm, me and mm-hmm. everybody else. <laughs> yep. So I have, I have links to all of those um, resources on my website, yoga for real. Perfect. And I will have the links to your Facebook group, your website, um, and any of your social media platforms in the show notes. So be sure to go and check those out. Join her Facebook group. It's amazing. And, uh, We will say bye now, Andrea, until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inspire Her Health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms and thank you for your support. If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, We would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.